1: or keep the watch of the Lord now here's your host for the Warriors watch my friend Callie Hargraves
0: good morning this is Pastor Callie Hargraves here on Warrior Watch we're so excited to be with you this September uh, the 14th on this beautiful Wednesday morning Um, I'm excited about what God's doing through BPN radio I want to encourage you if this is your first time to listen or if you're a if you're a consistent um, uh, listener to this station, to get involved with supporting BPN Radio, there's a mandate on this ministry to raise up prayer warriors across America. We very much, uh, Pastor Todd, Sydney and I, and, and Celebration of Life in Baytown, very much believe in what God is doing through Dale Gentry and the people that are affording this ministry. So we thank you for listening. Today, I have one of my favorite people in the whole world. Um, Pastor Ben Rose. He is one of the co-pastors at the collectivechurch.com in Portland, Oregon, an amazing man of God. I had the privilege of meeting him several years back and hearing his testimony. And I've, I've uh, been in several different meetings where he's given, he's preached and given his testimony and seen the impact that uh, this man and what God's done in his life is having on people that hear him and hear his message We're going to talk about uh, a subject that he um, has lived, preached, and communicates so well called Crossing the Island. And uh, Ben, I'm so happy to have you today. Um, I want you to just give a little bit of your background and tell your story. I I believe the BPN uh, radio listeners are going to love you so much.
2: Well, uh, Callie, thanks so much for having me. And we just, we love Callie. Um she's been such an impact had such an impact on my family's life. I have three kids and my kids and my parents and uh, my parents church in in Juneau, Alaska, which is really where the story starts for me. I I'm an assembly of God pastor's kid. I was born and raised in church and uh for me when I was a kid, I actually got this message of crossing the island. I I had a picture of of an island and to me all that meant was an issue that I needed to face um, and I knew I had an issue even as a, as a child in about second grade I had a sexualized experience um, experience that kind of put me uh, you know I've, I've heard it said uh, by my father that that's kind of when the enemy got his hook in in right, my life
0: right. we've all had and things so like that happen.
2: Yeah, kind of a, a traumatic experience and and um I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to deal with it. It it wasn't abuse, it was it was it was just two second graders um who were curious and and but but nonetheless the hook came in and um that led me um I, I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know if I could talk to anybody about that. I didn't hear it, talk, you know, those kind of things talked about in Sunday school or kids' church or church or anything like that at, at that time, and so I just internalized it, and for me, it, it just led me to, um, into a bad place, really, as a as a child, being really drawn to pornography, um, really being drawn to, you know, uh, sexual fantasy and all these different things, and and this just really snowballed throughout my life. And I just, um, you know, even as a kid, like I said, I I saw this island and I knew I needed to cross it, Cali, but I I just didn't know. I didn't know where to start. And I, yeah. And I even remember telling a kid and, and, you know, trying to confess it and saying, Hey, Hey, dude, I got to tell you something, you know? And he looked at me, he said, ew, gross. No, I don't do anything like that. And so at the time, I kind of made this, you know, vow, I guess that, well, taking this one to the grave. And so, um, you know, grow up, get married. You think marriage is going to fix that, but it, it does not for all the listeners out there. No. <laughs> Deal with it before you get married. Um, and so, you know, I'm living in a small town in Juneau, Alaska, and, you know, I'm, I'm not acting out. Uh, but I'm acting in, you know, well, I'm, I in, uh, uh, you know, 2007 comes along and, and smartphones come out the iPhone comes out and it's, you know, pornography is at, at um, touch of a button. It's, it's in the palm of your hand. And so, um, you know, the thing about it, Callie too, and I think your listeners can empathize with this or, or, or relate to this is, when you're, when you're living incongruent from your values, it starts to wear on you.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, oh,
2: yeah. And, and so, and you become frustrated with yourself. And when you're frustrated with yourself, you become frustrated with other people and you, you take it out on other people. And so here I am youth pastoring and eventually associate pastoring with my father. And you know, good things are happening in ministry. We're building a youth center youth groups growing, you know, God's using me to you know, preach on Sunday mornings and good things are happening. And here I am with this secret, with this, with this lie, with this, um, you know, this, the sexual issue that, that is happening in the background of my life. And, um, you know, I keep saying, Hey, next time, next time I do it, I'm going to tell somebody next time you know, next time this happens or next time this comes up, I'm going to tell somebody. And And the truth is, is that just became hollow. That just became so void of any meaning or void of any action. And, and I just kept putting it off. Um, so in 2012, um, we really felt the call of God to plant a church in Portland, Oregon. And this was a huge step of faith for us. And so we moved the family down and my my whole life, like I said, I'd lived in a very small town, and you know i if if I ever did something um you know it would be around the whole town. everybody would know about it. there's no roads in or out, you have to fly in callie has been there yeah. you have to take can you know, take a boat in or a plane but I get to Portland, Oregon to a city of two point two eight million people, and I'll tell you what, I felt anonymous, I felt like nobody will know, and so um, I began to act out and, you know, it's kind of a counseling term, but what that means is I started going to establishments and places that, that I shouldn't have been going. And, um, you know, Portland, Oregon, a little did I know that it's a, it's a hyper-sexualized city. And, um, so I just, I just fell into these traps. And so, um, here we are, Callie. We're planning a church. People are, are living, we're starting to pack our living room out. We've had couples move across the country to be with us. People are coming and, and, and attaching themselves to this vision of church planning and see, seeing people's lives change for eternity. And here I am, um, living completely incongruent with my values and the man, you know, completely incongruent from the man of God that I know that I'm called to be. And, uh, i tell you what, I was miserable. I was miserable. And, and in fact, uh, one I had, I had acted out, I'd gone to an adult establishment. And the next day I remember Callie, I was, I was, I was praying and I was telling God the next, next time, next time. I'm going to tell someone, I'm going to, I'm going to get this thing out and i remember it was like my prayers were like balls of lead that were coming out of my mouth and it felt like my prayers my words were actually falling down and hitting the ground and uh i just i just was like man i'm i'm done i'm toast and so the next day we're sitting with our with the the other pastor who was planting us and he starts talking about uh confession he starts talking about the difference between When somebody is caught and when somebody confesses, we were eating Indian food, Callie. And I tell you what, I felt sick to my stomach. And I I went to the bathroom and they probably thought it was the Indian food. But, but I, I just, I knew, I knew this thing had to come out. And so that day, actually, I started, you know, the process of confession and I'll tell you what, it wasn't, it had to be pulled out of me because I had been hiding this thing since second grade and and it's like the iceberg i started telling little things like the tip of the iceberg and um you know and it took about a month a month for everything really to start coming out and uh i preached launch sunday we had a lot of people there launch sunday and 10 days later i was fired from my job and really that was when we started really started that process of crossing the island
0: you know, and one thing we- I want to say, Ben, is the church. The church has to be at a place where we can set up a culture for leaders, pastors, teachers, church members. the The lowest, what what would we consider the newest person that walks through the door to the person that's been there the longest? There has got to be a safe place for us to come and find refuge. And and too many times and I'm not blaming, you know, you made a choice and you made a choice to get right. And I I really respect that in you. You you owned it, you made a choice. But if the church will be what the church is supposed to be, people won't go their whole life hiding something.
2: Yeah. They'll yeah.
0: feel like it's a safer place. And we as pastors have got to let the clarion call come out of our mouth that we are, we are called to help in the restoration process and that your ministry is not over. Your ministry will begin when you begin yes. to be truthful and real and honest with God and honest with people around you. And I'm just so happy you finally made that decision, even though the consequences were tough. So let's yeah. go back to what happened. So you get fired.
2: Well, and and to that point, Callie, the be- I will say this, the beautiful thing is and why I feel like I have to, you know, cuz it's it's this is not easy to be honest with you to to tell to tell an audience of people when I'm, you know, at a conference or at, at our home church no, I get or it. on a, on a radio program. I mean, just an hour ago I was starting to get those feelings again like, man, I got to tell this story again, really?
3: Yeah. I like can...
2: I I never wanted to be the sexual addiction guy, right? Right. Um, but here's the reality is when I tell my story, what, what I do is I, I expose the lie. And the, the lie of the enemy is always um, to make people feel like they're alone, to make like, people feel like they're the only one that's caught in that sin or caught in that bondage or somehow what they're doing or what they've done is so far beyond what anyone else has done. So what I do is I come in and I share this story. And at first I thought, Hey, when I start sharing the story, I'm going to, I'm going to be rejected and I'm going to be judged, but it's been completely the opposite. I mean, there might be some boneheads out there that do that, but, but it's been completely the opposite. And it's been like this magnetic pull where people are like, Hey, me too. I'm struggling too. I, And and people are come out of the woodwork, and I become this safe safe person for people to talk to.
0: It's an epidemic, Ben. It's an epidemic, and it's an epidemic in the church. And we as pastors have got to start talking about it. And it's not just with men; it's with women too. I stand in the altar and pray with women and men every Sunday, and I have as many. I will say now, it may not. You know, statistics are saying that the the. It's, it's almost as close with women as it is with men as far as the statistics. So, you know, when I was a young woman, I'm in my 50s now, but when I was a young woman, to go get pornography, you had to go to a, a store and you had to walk into the bad section of that store and then you had to buy a magazine. And so you're going to, you know, you had to be really, really addicted to take the ridicule of what you had to do. Like you say, now you pick up your phone. We've got kids that are getting addicted to pornography because parents are not watching what they're doing on their phones, which probably most of them shouldn't even have phones. So you're right. It's an epidemic. It's not only an epidemic in the world we live in, but it's an epidemic in the church. And we've got to start talking about it so that people can come and get freedom.
2: Yeah, kids are kids are they're saying kids are being exposed in in about third grade. Yeah, right now.
0: unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so we get we get fired and um you know we've we get sequestered from our church. And you know, Kelly, I don't fault. You know, part part of my process in this is owning this thing. Oh right. And right and be- and becoming better and not bitter because when when the perpetrator becomes the victim those are the most toxic people on planet earth. Oh
0: god, that's the truth. That's the truth. And you got to so, own it, man.
2: So I would I would do this and I would um when I started feeling bitter I would actually go to a mirror and I would look at the mirror and I'd say Benjamin you you were fired because of your decisions because of what you did and stop, you know, knock it off. Um but what what happened was, you know, to the church's credit, they they didn't know if I was going to become toxic and try to do a church split and take people away. So they they dealt with it the best way they they knew how. But for us, we really feel like God brought us to Portland really to pull the rug out from under us,
0: right?
2: And and have me face this thing, this sexual addiction, head on once and for all, and stop circumnavigating the island because for years I just kept going round and round. The island. And you know, to go around and around the island, you have to lie to people. I, 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 I had to lie to my wife. I had to manipulate. I had to exaggerate up. I had to exaggerate down to control the outcome of situations. I had all these plates in my life, Callie, that were spinning to try to keep this thing hidden. And so, you know, as scary as, scary as it was, it was the most freeing thing once, once we, I let the light in and let every you know what I'm saying? It was just so, it was so freeing. And um, it was at that point where, where we just said, um, we, we said, Hey, what do we have to do? Cause I didn't want to run from it. I, you know, my, my first inclination and my first feeling was like, I just want to run home to mom and dad because it's safe and they love me. And there's a safety net of people that think we're we're the best. And, and, you know, they just love us to pieces and let's just sweep this thing under the rug and go back to my dad's church. And, but we really knew that we were supposed to cross this Island and face this thing head on. And so we went through two years of counseling and um, got out of the spotlight for a year of, you know, no preaching. And um, I'm telling you, it was, it was the best thing um, for our family. Was it hard? Yes was it was it tough diving into all these different you know you know when you when you're hiding something for that many years you build up a lot of a lot of issues you build up a lot of you know the thing about deception is you don't know you're deceived and so there was a lot of deception that that had to be you know sorted through and gone through and it's like i'm so glad that that god doesn't play 52 card pickup with our issues and just go okay hey deal with this all at once but he was so he was he was so gracious to, you know, week after week, you know, going, um, man, you you aggrandize situations, Ben, or you, you, um, you know, you you exaggerate, you lie, all, all these different things would come up week after just layers, week after week, and and I felt like for me the sexual part of of the of those the issue fell off really quickly. That was really quickly. That was just a byproduct of all the other junk that was that was going on.
0: Yeah, because you have to do all the other stuff to keep it keep it hid. And you've got now you've got to now once you, once you once you get free in an area, now you've got to deal with all the bad characteristics that you've allowed to come in to support that lie. And Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that's where the real work comes in. It's it's you know, it's one thing to go to the altar and repent and God forgives you, but then you gotta go home <laughs> and you gotta start learning to be congruent in every area of your life and that's where the rubber meets the road
2: yeah well and you know the one of the things and i and i spoke on this at, at the collective church um uh last week but for me um i almost had to shut my vision off because like my vision had been really cut off to be honest with you we, you know, we came down there to plant the church. We came down there to do all this and all these grand things. And I'm kind of a fly at 30,000 vision kind of guy. And I had to just shut that thing off Kelly. And I had to just say, I had to win the day every single day. And I, I, and I had to wake up and just say, Hey, today, um, Lord may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing today. God, you know, God, um, You know, I'm gonna honor you today today. Um, I'm gonna be the best the best husband I can be today. I'm gonna be the best dad I can be today. And then my vision my vision stopped like when my head hit the pillow. And because before I'd always dream about being free and I would always think, man, it'd be awesome if I was free in three months. It'd be awesome if I was free. You know, what would it be like to say that I've been pornography free for five years? And I'd start I'd start thinking about what it would feel like and what it would seem like, but I wouldn't take the necessary steps.
0: You know what? I love what you just said. I love what you just said. And there is so much revelation. You said, I got to win the day. So many times when we've struggled with something or we're headed, you know, we, you know, we go through some sort of trauma in our life and it doesn't even have to be a sin. It can be a trauma that has cut off our vision or cut off our dreaming or cut off. You know, you feel like the rug's been pulled out from under you. But if we, as the body of Christ, will start leaning on Jesus to win the day and the week and the month, the vision will come back and everything will be restored. It's really about that daily connection with Jesus so that we can truly even stay straight. Because listen, we're all fallen. We're a fallen mankind. Without Jesus, we are helpless without Jesus. But if we connect with him and we're honest, and we're true. And we and we're and we're just raw with God. God, this is what's going on in my life. This, yeah, it stinks, but this is it. I need your help. You wake up one day and you're like, man, I'm I'm free. I'm free. And but it starts out just with that, that vulnerability, that honesty. And like I love that term, win the day. It's one day at a time. You know, Alcoholics Anonymous used to say one day at a time, there's a lot of truth to that concept we're getting ready to break real quick for a song uh god of miracles uh, i want you to enjoy this and then we're going to come right back with more from ben rose love you
3: Let faith arise, in spite of what I see, Lord, I believe, but help my belief. I choose to trust you, no matter what I feel, let faith arise, let faith arise. Oh, my champion's not dead, he is alive Oh, and he already knows my every need sure
0: excited about having Ben Rose here. We've been talking about crossing the island and he's been given his testimony and how God has delivered him and set him free and set him on a new path. And um, I hope you've been enjoying it as much as I've been enjoying it. I'm getting ready. I'm asking Ben to give you some practical steps. If you're somebody that has suffered with any kind of addiction, it doesn't have to be a sexual addiction. It can be a food addiction. It can be a you know, an anger addiction, you know, the addictions vary for, for a lot of different people, but are an alcohol or drug addiction. But I want him to give you some practical steps in his restoration. And I want to say something. He's talked about one of the elements he talked about was facing, crossing the island, facing the depravity of where he was at and really allowing God to bring him through that process. And I, I, I had an experience this morning, Ben, before you start uh, talking about your practical steps. I went out to walk today, and uh, I I do a two-mile walk in the morning. And I got outside, and it started pouring down rain. I'd made one lap, and my first, anytime that happens, my first inclination is to run inside, get my car keys, run to the gym, and I finish it on the treadmill, okay? This morning, when I was... You know, when it happened, the Holy Spirit said, face the rain. And I said, What? He said, I want you to walk and let the rain pour on you. I want you to face the rain. I said, Okay. I I know you're trying to teach me something here. I said, But what about the lightning, man? He goes, I'm going to take care of you. I want you to just walk through it. And so I walked. By the time I got through the, uh, the two-mile walk, I looked up, the rain had stopped, and the sun was shining. And the Lord spoke to me very clear. He says, it's your tendency, it's mankind's mankind's tendency to run from the rain. We run from the storm. We run from crossing the island. We run from our pain. Anything that looks painful, we want to run. We want to acquiesce. We want to, we want to go another direction. He said, I want you to learn to set your face and face the rain. I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to protect you. And, but if you'll face it and go through it, the healing will come so much quicker. And the and the wisdom, the direction, the power, the anointing. He said, you got to go through it. And that's exactly what you did with crossing the island. You just went through it, Ben.
2: Yeah. No, that's so true. Even when you're talking about that, I mean, the gravitational pull of the human heart is, is to, is to flee pain and it's to, and that's why we have um, people that are really, I I believe not fully developed. And I, I believe that's where my immaturity was before this process, my immaturity and my lack of growth was from always running from painful situations. Because if you run from one painful situation, that's going to start become uh, becoming habitual, you know, in, in your life. And, and man, I'll tell you what, there is such character and integrity and fortitude that has developed in those hard times. And I, I just, I just look, I just look back and I don't even, I don't recognize the guy that I was four years ago. I just, I do, you know, I don't recognize him because um, it's it's in that pain. James tells us that it's in that process. Um, it's in that process where where we grow and we mature, mature and we become Christ-like.
0: It's so, and so true. For- it's so true. Tell us about the, pra- you know, it's one thing to, and I, you know, it's all a part of it. We go, we repent, we, we get an accountability partner. But talk to me about the practical things that you did to walk this restoration
2: out. Yeah, well, you know, I I so appreciate my counselor. And you know, that was that was kind of a dirty word Callie, growing up in the in uh, Pentecostal church. Uh counselor cuz we got we got the Holy Ghost and he's our counselor, you know. And uh <laughs> And so um I I just I just never was really like, okay, yeah, counselor, well, you know, I'm just going to go to my get on my knees and we're going to pray this thing through. Right. Oh but,
0: yeah. Pray it
2: through. But I tell you there's, there is something so powerful about a third party um, walking with you and, and hearing how you're processing things and hearing even things that I would say to Heather, my wife, or how Heather, you know, things that she would say to me. And that would, you know, that's a whole nother show is, is my wife is incredible. And and the way she responded to me with grace and with love and the things that God dropped in her spirit and her heart. Yeah. I, I need to, to
0: have her on this show. She's on how to, Yeah.
2: Yeah. On how to cross, on how to help me cross the Island That's because beautiful. Um, I'm telling you, there's so many, you know, she's got women that come to her and say, what do I do? Do I leave my husband? You know, I caught him looking at pornography or, you know, this, that, and the other, you know, what do I do? And, and um, she's, I'm going to tell you what, God just dropped some incredible keys. But for, for us, practically, our counselor was very holistic. So not everything was, not everything was a demon. You know, not everything was, was, was the devil. Um, there were some very practical steps um, that, that we utilize. And, and here's, here's just a few of them. I, I, I like to stay away from, here, do this and you'll be healed. But there were some things that were some principles. Let's just put it that way. Some principles that, that will help you. Um, number one is just start, stop procrastinating. And, um, the way that, you know, there's some key words, some indicator words, um, that when I hear guys use these words, I know that they really need to cross the island. And one of the phrases is next time. Um, if you find yourself saying the word next time, or you're thinking the word next time. Hey, next time I act out or next time I struggle in this area, I'm going to tell someone next time I'm going to get help. Well, next time becomes next time becomes next time becomes absolutely hollow. Um, if you, if you find yourself saying the words just, well, it's just once it's it's just a couple times a year, or it's just a little bit of flirting or it's just, um, that that word should go off like a like, like an a alarm bell. in a, yeah. like a bell in our brains and, and go, you know what? If I'm trying to minimize something, God's trying to speak something to me in this right, area. God's right. trying to, to show me that it's not just. Um, the other one is it's only. It's only. And it the word it's only is rooted in comparison. Um, where we look at other people and they're like, Well, I, I'm not at least I'm not doing that. It's only this or it's only a little bit so those for me when you know you need to start is when you find yourself using these indicator words and 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 you just got to start you just number one stop procrastinating and just start the process start the process um number two i would say confession be 100 percent transparent um you know really crossing the island begins with letting the light into the dark, hidden corners of our lives, and and you know, for me, Callie, I tried to. I was so used to lying, and I was so, um, you know, almost medicated myself on uh, to make myself feel better. You know, I would medicate myself with like almost like lying to myself, and uh, you know, um, under exaggerating things, and and so I just. This, this, this was a process. And I'll tell your listeners this, that even, even confession and the, the, the transparency is a process. It's like, you've been hiding things for years in, in my case. I'm not, but in my case, I was hiding things for years. And so, you know, there was things that, that took a long time to, I, I would remember something and, 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 you know, have to bring that to the table or be transparent with that. So be 100% transparent. Don't hold anything back. Because the reality, the reality is, is that nothing we desire for our life lives in the dark. Everything negative grows in the dark. And um, find somebody that you trust. Find somebody that you know loves you. Find somebody and be 100% transparent with them, 100% honest with them. Um number three, I would say, you know, accountability. And accountability, Callie, can be super wimpy. It can be over aggressive. There's we we've all you know, some people have, you know, scar tissue with accountability. We've had accountability <laughs> groups, you know, and there's just been you know weird things like, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm good. And for me, it was like, you know, in our situation and not for every marriage, but for our situation, um, I had a lot of accountability with, with Heather and, um, you know, that's a kind of a call for your counselor to make if you're walking through something like we walked through this, but, but it was, it was telling her things that were really uncomfortable. It was telling her, you know, thoughts and, and actions and, and, um, you know, and then, and then having accountability software, too, on our devices was, yeah, was huge well, you for know, us.
0: It's one thing when you, that, that software is phenomenal for, if, uh-huh. if you put those on all your devices, that really helps. And it's, it's one thing, too, something psychological about if I do something wrong, I got to go tell my wife, you know, yeah. so you, you, it starts slowing that process down <laughs> because. It, well, it,
2: it does, it does.
0: You know. So that's great. So you, first of all, you made a decision. Second of all, you started the process with confession. You Mm -hmm. got you a counselor that you, you and your, and I assume you and your wife both went.
2: Yeah. You know, we would, we would kind of trade off. Um, I would go and then we'd go together. So that's how it, it worked really well for us, you know, and because here you know there's the wife is dealing with trauma as well because um you know a, a whole new secret about her husband has just opened up
0: oh yeah Ooh. so That's
2: so, so you know lot. we're working through things things you know we're working through things together um yeah absolutely but uh number 4 was i would say Take a sober assessment of self, and 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 you—it's—it's it's really being a hundred percent honest with yourself, and and um, you you know when you're lying to yourself, and so that's that's where that's where I I looked back in the past and realized that there were there were a lot of times that I I, I was not taking a sober assessment of what was happening or, or the damage that was being done or, or the, the effects that it was having on my family. But when I, when I had the sober assessment of self, that was, that was a huge deal. Um, number five, I would say commit to the process. And I, I touched on this a little bit, but you know, Island crossing is not an overnight event. We've spent years in, in addiction and re, you know, retraining our brains it's, it's a process of confession and transparency. And, you know, there's, there's a series that I went through that talked about even the, the pathways of the brain and these negative tributaries of thoughts that, you know, you don't know why, because you love God. You know, I, I never stopped loving God. I, I never stopped, you know, I telling people about Jesus, proclaiming the word of God. I, I believe in God. I prayed, prayed for people, saw people's lives you know, impacted, but there was a negative tributary because of trauma that had developed. So anytime I bumped up to a certain thing, to a, what they call a trigger, then that's where the water would flow. And so in this healing process, we're shutting off all those negative tributaries and it's a process. And so what, what I see happen is I see people fall off or make a mistake while they're in process and they just say, well, it's not working, forget this. And, and they don't stick with the process, but if you stick with it and, um, those, those things start to dry up, those yeah, things start to dry exactly up.
0: Right. Addiction, you know, we want to categorize, we want to yeah. categorize things and we want to say, you know, sexual addiction is worse than an eating addiction or, you know, um, drug addictions worse and you know and granted con- there's there's heavier consequences for different things Gr- granted yes granted but i can tell you right now with my struggle with eating and it has been an addiction in my life that i am conquering i'm in the process of conquering it right now and i'm doing well but it hasn't i haven't been perfect but addictions addiction and you've got to realize why you do that and then go back to the, I'm learning. And, and I've been serving God since I was 16 years old. And I have, there's never been a day I didn't love Jesus since I got saved. There's never been a day. There's been days I wasn't serving Him right. But there's never been a day I didn't love Him. But I have learned in the last even six months that my relationship and my fear of the Lord... And I'm not talking about scared. I'm talking about respect. My fear of the Lord is what I must protect so that I don't act out and eat 14 pizzas and five Hershey bars. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. we will we, we'll get tickled about something like that because that seems less, that, that's like funny, but it's not funny because, you know, if you're dying of diabetes and you're 400 pounds, and they can't, and you can't function properly, you got a problem. You got a problem. And so we need to quit labeling and categorizing. Oh, well, that person's problem is worse than my. Addiction's addiction. And, and Jesus came to make us free, man. He came to make me free from food addiction, He came yes. to make you free. From sexual addiction he came to make me free from anger because in my younger days it's something i conquered but it took time i could lose my temper in a heartbeat now it's less and less and less i don't lose my temper very often i can lose it but it takes a whole lot at this point i've learned god has helped me god has delivered me he set me free, so that's where he wants to take us. He wants to free us, but you're so right. We've got to expose it. Now, I want to. I want to go back and and I want you to bring something up. You talk about crossing the island, and and you said this in one of the uh, one of the times I heard you preach. You said it's not, it's not a uh, Cozumel. It's not a perfect island. You're talking about an island like in Juno. So tell them about that island you're talking.
2: Uh, yeah, this is I think the seventh largest island in North America. And it's it's a, it's called Admiralty Island. This is the island that came to mind, like I said, even even when I was younger. And uh, this island has one brown bear for every square mile. This is a very treacherous island, <laughs> and so yeah, this isn't yeah. For for those of you who have been imagining coconuts and palm trees and and sandy beaches, this is uh. That's
0: not that kind of an island.
2: No, this is an island that's you know fraught with danger and. Um, you know, like I, I always tell people, because I think people, Kelly, they want to hear that, you know, Bob, Pastor Bob Donnelly and I, we were listening to a, a podcast, we were working together and, and uh, one of the, the, the pastors was preaching and he was saying, he was talking about him, him, him and his wife were having all these issues and it was bad and all this stuff. And then they went to the altar and they got prayed for and they lived happily ever after. And I and I paused. I paused it, and, and I was irritated. I, you know, and I, I just I thought I. I think that kind of message can God do that? Absolutely, absolutely. Can He, he instantly heal? But we still have to walk things out. Oh,
0: absolutely.
2: And, and I said, I said, I feel like messages like this do the body of Christ a disservice. Yeah,
0: it's because, probably a
2: lie. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because. Here's the deal. We we've got a cross, and and people want me to tell them like it's easy, and I'll say it's it's hard. You know, it's hard every Monday morning to wake up and have to go to counseling and and, and hear all the, and and really dig up and relive the last twenty five years. That's hard. Callie. I get it.
0: And when you're talking it, about, it, I love I love okay, the Admiral Island, the brown bear, every square. Mild. What that means yeah. is you're going on an excavation of your life and you're getting ready to excavate every brown bear, everything that is attack, that can attack you, everything yes. that can hurt you, everything that can tear down your dreams, everything that can stop you from walking in your God-given destiny. But if we're not willing to cross that island with the help of the Holy Ghost, the good news is... As we're allowing God to excavate our lives, He is going to give us the power to cross it. And when we get to the other side, there ain't a devil in hell that's going to stop us from doing what God's called us to do. The, the, the And that's why the enemy didn't want us to cross it. We all got our yes. islands, Ben. I got mine, you got yours, and everybody I preach to on Sunday has one. But we have to make a decision. We're going to pause real quick and we're gonna with a song called God With Us, and then we're going to come back and we're going to pray for you, for everyone that's listening, because God's going to free you And I believe we're going to pray that God gives you the determination to cross the island. We'll be back in a minute.
4: You are matchless in grace and mercy. There's nowhere we can hide from your love. You are steadfast, never failing. You are faithful. Oh, creation is in all who you are. You the healer of the sick and the broken. You will comfort for every heart that mourns. Our King.
1: wife and i we lost our son as many of you know back in december while we were believing for a miracle things didn't quite turn out how we had expected but for us the, the journey ahead of us was can we still proclaim the truth that god is our healer that god is the god who raises the dead that that god is good and so as as we continued on um From losing our son, it was really important for us to keep the truth of who God is in front of us, so we started writing songs, and this song um, is about God's miracle power, and for us, it's really important to proclaim that, even though we didn't quite see what we had expected and what we were praying for, but we still know that it's true. I know many of you guys were on that journey with us, so for me, it feels like this song is sort of a victory for all of us. These are your songs, too, so...
0: So excited to have Ben with us. It's been an amazing show. Uh Ben, tell them how they can get a hold of you and hear some of your Ben's an amazing preacher, so I want you to be able to connect with him.
2: Uh you can you can go to thecollectivechurch.com and um you can see messages there. You can connect with with me through through the collective church, which is can I say something real quick, sure, Kai, on that? Sure. We weren't even trying to plant because that that that, dream of planning a church had, you know, died. And um, we were approached by a couple, Bob and Jenny Donnelly, and said, Hey, we're supposed to plan a church with you guys. And so we're in this process of planning a church. And I can tell you, it has been such a redemptive process.
0: Oh Jesus! Um,
2: so it's v- so cool when, when you cross the island, and we weren't even trying, we were trying so hard before. And now, we kind of just surrendered everything to Jesus and it sounds so cliche, but so true. And now he's, he's actually, we're actually seeing what we dreamed about years ago. So. That
0: is so good. Ben, would you pray for our uh, radio listening audience that God, anybody that needs to cross the island, that God would give him this. Yeah.
2: Story? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. God, we just, thank you so much. Um, Lord, we just know that, that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And Father, I just thank you for, Lord, I, I pray specifically for those struggling with sexual addiction and, and who maybe even haven't identified it as that. But if they took a sober assessment today, would realize that, that it's time to cross the island. God, I just pray for men. God, I pray for couples. Lord, we just thank you. Um, God, we thank you that you give us grace today. God, that there is grace available today to cross the island. Father, I thank you, God, that you've actually, an, for your anointing, God, today in Jesus' name. Lord, we just pray that the enemy would steal no more. That the enemy would steal no more. The, man, I'm speaking specifically to you. There, you have been uh, spinning too many plates. You have had too many things um, going on. There's been, there's been too much running in the background of your life, and, you've, and you, you're finding yourself being ineffective. You're finding yourself that when you're with your family, you're not able to be present and in the moment because you have all these plates that are spinning from this secret life and from these secrets that you're hiding. So, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that the plates would stop spinning. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that men, men of God and women of God would, would begin to row the boat to the shore of this island and begin to face things head on, knowing, God, that you have anointed us and graced us to cross the island. And we pray for, we thank you, God, that there is freedom in the name of Jesus. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. There is a place of transparency. There is a place of accountability. And Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. We Lord, thank I, you.
0: Lord, I thank you for Ben. Rose, Pastor Ben Rose, mighty man of God. I thank you for his transparency. I thank you for his story. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing through Ben and Heather Rose. I thank you, Lord. They're world changers. I thank you, God, that as this man preaches and teaches that Thousands upon thousands of men and women will be set free from the bondage of this addiction. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to serve you and to preach your gospel. I pray for blessing for every listener, that you would bless them, strengthen them, and give them the courage to cross the island. We declare it and decree it in Jesus' name. I thank you so much. I want to encourage you every Wednesday, Warrior Watch Uh Wednesday morning and Wednesday evening. We uh, actually Wednesday at one o'clock and then Wednesday night at seven is our Warrior Watch program. We want to encourage you to come. We've got a lot of wonderful different speakers that we try to have every week. Thank you for what God is doing. We're so thankful for what God is doing in the lives of people around the world through this network. We honor you. Have a blessed day and we'll see you next Wednesday.
1: For the past hour, you've been listening to the Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.